Hey, you with the rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with a 1,200 square foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down payment on a fixed rate loan, my human realized a new home was within reach. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLS RID 399801. Hello, friends, and welcome to Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer. Welcome aboard. It is good to be with you guys. Uh, we are in the midst of uh, a new season, a new time. We are starting a new series, and that series, my friends, is Influential Living. Last month, we looked at the whole idea of living different, making sure that our lives are living with purpose and on purpose. And this time, today, we start a new four-week series on Influential Living. And some of the topics that we're going to look at this month include but are not limited to uh, being influenced how our influence really does impact others uh, what we need to understand when it comes to the cause and effect relationship of influence and truly who are we supposed to be influenced by so that's a quick look a quick snapshot of where we're going to be heading this month as it pertains to influential living I'm your host, Jay Trainer. Welcome aboard. It's good to be with you guys. Uh, I don't know about you, but have you ever thought about how you impact the world? Uh, my son loves to talk about uh, this book that he read not too long ago about this whole idea of how he changed the world. And he, he's asked me over and over again. Seth has asked me several times, Daddy... Am I going to change the world? Am I going to impact the world? And I look at him, and I always say to him, you know what, son, you already have. Seth has done that. He's impacted my world just by his very presence, just by the very fact that he was born in the first place. He's changed my world. He's rocked my world. It's pretty awesome. I absolutely love uh, seeing him light up and get excited about how he has changed and impacted our family, changed and impacted my world. And you know what? Your siblings, if you have any, have done the same. If you have any kids, guess what? They have done it as well. So we're looking at influence. We're talking about what influence does, what influence looks like, what godly influence is all about, the cause and effect relationship of influence. And I think it's important that we are purposeful with our influence that we are not naive to the realities of what we bring to the table and ultimately how we should not write ourselves off and also write off those that are around us that we can actually have some sort of semblance of relationship with. So, my friends, we're going to get started with prayer and we're going to dive in reading God's Word out of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5. Through 11. Let's pray and let's read God's word together. Lord, thank you for the chance to 
be people of influence. Thank you for the responsibility. Thank you for the nature of understanding, Lord, that you want to use us. You want to use us for uh, projects and things and plans and purposes that go beyond our realm of understanding. I want to thank you, God, that you do want to use us. You do want to use me. You do want to use those that are watching, those that are listening to this broadcast, Lord. Pray that over these next few moments in our time together, that we would recognize and realize influential living, what it's about staying plugged into your reality, and God, that we would be on board ultimately with your plans and your purposes. Use this time however you see fit. Change our hearts. Bring conviction where conviction is needed, God. Bring encouragement where, encourage, where encouragement is needed. And I pray this in your holy and amazing and awesome name. Together we say, Amen. See a few friends that have joined into the broadcast over on the Facebook side of things. Caseman, welcome aboard. Amanda, welcome aboard. Naomi, saw you tune in. Um, I'm glad you guys have found a home and have had the chance to plug into this time. Let's read now 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 as we dive into this whole idea of influential living. Check this out. Starting, in, starting off in verse 5, it reads as follows. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. This is the reading of the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. few things I'd like to cover for you as it relates to the cause and effect relationship of influence. You are a person of influence. You may not believe it. You may not know it, but you are. You're a person of influence, and so am I. We impact and we influence our world in more ways than we are willing to recognize. And that's one of the reoccurring themes that you're going to see in our time together this month as we look at the subject of influential living. The first thing I'd like to highlight for you as it relates in verse 5 is this whole idea of pain that is multiplied. Uh, our impact goes beyond what is seen. We think that we have some sort of idea of, of what influence we have. We think we have it all mapped out, but how far it, how far it goes goes beyond the limitations and the scope of our understanding, the whole scope of everything. We just don't know. What's the threshold? What's the limit? We don't know. We don't know. Paul writes in verse 5, not to put it too severely, 
But what Paul is trying to say here is, I believe he's trying to be gentle. I believe that he's trying to understand that that those that uh, he is writing to, he's not trying to shame them, but he's trying to point out the reality that any pain that is brought about is not just impacting Paul, but it's impacting everyone. The pain that takes place in your life and the pain that you influence or impact with others goes beyond the person that you're trying to tear down. The pain that is inflicted, the pain that takes place, spreads throughout the entire community. Somebody's chiming in. Keith is mentioning in the chat. If you're a leader, words matter. Absolutely. Our words impact things. And it's important to speak life. And so what we have here is is pain that is multiplied. It's a domino effect. It's not just impacting Paul. It's going beyond Paul. It's going within the, uh, the Corinthian community, if you will. And I have to wonder how oftentimes in my life have I inflicted pain on someone and yet the domino effect is just going out there like crazy. I think about our family this morning, the dynamic of how one girl's disobedience, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Bria, impacted the lateness factor for my son, for my daughter, in getting to school on time. It impacted my lunch preparation. It, it It's pretty crazy when you think about it. And just when you think you have a, a handle on things, lo and behold, it's be out of it's beyond of our reach. It's beyond our reach. It's outside of our reach. It goes like wildfire. My son came home today and he was just quiet. He was kind of in tears and had a tizzy a little bit. I asked him, Seth, what's going on? What's wrong? He's like, I don't want to tell everybody. I think you're going to be mad at me. I said to him, well, try me. What's going on? What what happened? He said, I lost my gloves, my Christmas gloves. Daddy, they're gone. I can't find them anywhere. He was heartbroken about it. He felt like he was causing issues and causing trouble. And Well, go figure. It stems back to the cause and effect relationship of the dynamics of what went down this morning. My daughter not listening. My daughter doing her own thing, playing upstairs, and making my son and my youngest daughter late for school, for an activity, for a club that they had this morning. Anyways, I'm not venting to you. I'm just sharing with you the cause and effect relationship of pain and how it relates directly within the scope of my family. Guess what? It goes beyond that. The activity in school had to wait because they were waiting for my kids. And just when I think pain has a threshold, or just when I think that it only goes so far, it impacts classes, it impacted the school, it impacted the timeliness of when things could get underway with certain activities. We impact people. We think we have 
it ironed out and we think we have these elusive plans and yet what takes place what transpires my friends is the influence goes beyond the scope of our imagination the influence goes beyond the threshold of our initial plans that's what I'm getting at so when we inflict pain when we bring about this attitude of pain within somebody's world we're not just impacting their world we're impacting their families we're impacting their friends we're impacting how they do life we're we're influencing their outlook but it doesn't just stop there verses 6 and 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 talk about consequences just like the influence factor there are punishments as it relates to pain guilt and remorse are essential and it kind of hints about that here you might ask why is guilt essential why is remorse essential because for godly comfort and forgiveness to take place we need guilt and we need remorse because it brings us back to our neediness in the first place I need you, you need me. And if we don't recognize and realize the impact of consequences, what consequences mean, then we won't then we will be very naive to the influence that we bring to the table. Consequences are a good thing because it sheds a light on the responsibility of what we are about and what we are doing. These verses, verses 6 and 7, talk about excessive sorrow. And I believe that this points to the shame factor, and how shame is is not meant to uh, be involved in our world today as it relates to godliness and growth and in His holiness. And as a dad, as a parent, sometimes it's, it's easy to go overboard with things and, and not realize it. God, give me discernment. God, give us discernment as it relates to consequences and the impact that it brings to the table. When we want to discipline and and walk through the consequences, the natural consequences of of things, I think it's important to understand that, that the consequences that are involved should not be filled with shame. They should be filled with teachable moments and opportunities of being able to speak life and correction into the situation. Apologies should happen. Ultimately, there is this dynamic of of restored relationship that should take place. It is something that we ought to desire. But when push comes to shove, when when it all comes, comes to a head, if you will, when it all breaks down into into the core consequences are godly in nature there are opportunities for us to come clean there are opportunities for us to express to god and express to others our need for right relationship shame however says you know what i am so worthless and it, we forget about the neediness Because ultimately, we stay parked under pity, 
We stay parked under bitterness. We stay parked under this whole idea of who would want to be around me. And when you think about it, I've, I've shared it here before. I've shared it in other venues. Pride, or rather pity, is just a really awkward form, a weird form of pride. It's, it's, prized, it's pride disguised as humility. That's what pity is all about. Verse 8, to continue on, we've looked at pain, how pain is multiplied, how pain is influential in, in people beyond our scope, beyond our threshold, beyond our, our limited understanding. It, it impacts other people. There's consequences that take place. Consequences are essential. It's opportunity because uh, it allows us to be guilty. It allows us to be remorseful for godly comfort and forgiveness to take place. We need to recognize our need and to move beyond that. Verse 8 talks about how it always comes back to this ideal. <laughs> Especially when one all already feels the sting of guilt, the light bulb moment, if you will, of influence comes on. Verse 8 says this, I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. And the ideal there that we're looking at is this whole nature of agape, of love. And the reason why there are consequences, the reason why there is discipline is because love exists in the first place. Again, this is the light bulb moment of influence. Pain teaches, guilt reminds us of need, and yet shame degrades. I'll say that again. Pain teaches, guilt reminds, shame, however, degrades. It degrades the intrinsic value of a person. It degrades the intrinsic nature of what somebody brings to the table. So we need to love on those that, that are walking through this and, and thinking and believing that they are worthless in nature. They aren't. Love on those that are walking through feeling shame-filled because of pain. Love on those that are walking through the consequences of, of action and decision-making where they might feel guilt. Tell them that guilt is okay. Encourage them to come back to their need. In verse 9, we see obedience and responsibility. It's one thing to hear about how someone shines in a situation, but it's another thing to watch someone shine and to witness it. I love seeing my kids have Holy Spirit sensitivity. I love watching Maya and Seth and Bria, all three of them, have these God moments where the Lord shows up and they... they they realize and recognize, you know what? We are needy. And they worship the Lord. It's pretty incredible. I'm sure that Paul likes seeing it within this community of the Corinthians. And he's testing. He's testing and seeing. And really, when you look at it, testing is really the refinement of one's faith. We're not talking about temptation here. The Bible talks about temptation, book of James. Talks about it. 
1 Corinthians talks about it. This whole idea of, of temptation. That the what hangs in the balance there with temptation is if you go down the road of temptation, it gives birth to sin, and sin ultimately gives birth to death, as James chapter 1 talks about. But the end result, oftentimes, with testing is either a maturation, a maturity, a growth in the faith, or one that says, you know what, I'm going to stay parked under immaturity for now. The result of testing is not always sin, although it can lead that way. Testing, in this case, is to show and to indicate what's happening with one's faith. Paul is saying to the first to the to the Corinthians here in 2 Corinthians he's saying I want to see how you're living. I want to see how you shine. I want to understand where you are at. And again it's one thing like I've mentioned it's one thing to to hear about one somebody else's obedience and growth and walking in the faith but it's another thing to witness it firsthand. I love seeing people that shine brightly for the cause and for the sake of Jesus Christ. That's amazing, especially when it's people that I'm invested in directly, whether it be my wife, my kids, people within the scope of the ministry that I run. It's pretty amazing. It comes back to responsibility, walking in that reality. Verse 10. Two more verses that we're kind of digging out and hashing out here. Verse 10, I'll read it. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. Forgiveness, my friends, it's ongoing. It's perpetual. It's a domino effect. What happens with the withholding of forgiveness is this. Favoritism. Bitterness, frustration, division. These are just a few qualities and characteristics as it pertains to withholding forgiveness. We should, quote unquote, catch the wave. Get on board with God's plan of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not just limited and available to one people group or the select favorites that you have. Forgiveness is available for all. Cause and effect. Maybe, just maybe, God's calling you to forgive a situation that is seemingly unlovely in nature. Verse 11 sums it up. Talks about this. The enemy doesn't want me to be a person of forgiveness. The enemy doesn't want you to be a person of forgiveness. And to live under those ideals. The enemy ultimately wants to distract you, to hold you back from being an instrument for godliness. In fact, what the enemy wants is to actually have you be an instrument for his empire, for his kingdom. And when you withhold or hold back forgiveness, you are walking in the ways, not of God, but in the ways of selfishness and pride, and you are serving something that is ungodly in nature, and that is the enemy. We shouldn't be ignorant. But many times we think that the enemy 
is crafty, but guess what? The enemy doesn't need to be. Why? You might ask. Why doesn't the enemy need to be crafty? Because we get caught up in the same old habits over and over and over again. The enemy is not crafty. Puts a stumbling block out there, trips you up, messes you up. And we wonder why we, we fall victim for the same things over and over again. It's because, simply put, it's because we are creatures of habit. And when we don't have God as our witness, as the one that goes before us, my friends, that's when the enemy gets a foothold. And when you give him an inch, the enemy will take a mile. Now, my friends, is tonight's Untorn. We looked at tonight the relationship between cause and effect. We looked at how pain is multiplied beyond the scope of our plans. How consequences are actually a, a, a learning opportunity. How guilt and, and how remorse are essential for godly comfort and grace to show up. How shame is, is not something that is of the Lord and how forgiveness operates and coming back to this whole idea of loving in the first place. So let's be people of love. Let's be people of cause and effect for the sake of godliness. Let's allow guilt and remorse to seep in deep into our hearts as we walk through things so that we would understand our neediness for him. Somebody's mentioning withholding forgiveness causes spiritual impotence. Yeah, abs absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's spot on, Wayne. Thank you for sharing that. So my friends, those are some of the things that we looked at. We're going to continue to talk about influence as we track with this theme over the next couple weeks. I leave you uh, with a special gift that will be posted up on my Facebook account in just a few moments. I have written a devotional based off of 1 Corinthians 12 verses 12 through 26. If you don't know uh, what that talks about, it's talking about the, the body of Christ and uh, would encourage you to check that out in the next couple moments as we close out this broadcast. Thank you for tuning in to Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love. From Studio 14B, I'm your host, Jay Trainer. We'll see you next time right here on Untorn. Next Thursday, we'll be live once again at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and looking forward to that time as we continue in this theme of understanding influential living. God bless you, my friends. We'll see you next time right here on Untorn.
Planning a spring break getaway? Well, with the Capital One Venture Card, you earn unlimited double miles on any purchase you make today and every day. And those miles add up to get you closer to that trip to paradise. Every vanilla soy latte, double miles. Every time you pump gas, double miles. Even when you buy a set of Monogram Beach Towels, yep, double miles. You earn unlimited double miles on every purchase, and then you go. The Capital One Venture Card, the card that takes you there. What's in your wallet? Capital One Bank USA NA. Hey, you with the rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with the 1,200 square foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down payment on a fixed rate loan, my human realized a new home was within reach. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLS ID 399801.